Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. This morning, we are going to be in a familiar portion of Scripture. John chapter 11, beginning with the first verse. We're going to look at it and see some things we perhaps have never saw before. Now, a certain man was sick. This was a deadly illness. The language communicates the idea that fever, pain, and weakness, all of that was present in this moment. And the next word introduces an individual that up to this point we had never heard of him before. His name was Lazarus. His name literally means God is my help. Have you ever had a name, something that people called you, that was a blessing when you're strong, but somehow mocks you when you're weak? It's easy to say God is my help when your bills are paid, your body's healed. Your wife's okay. Your children are behaving. But it's tough when you have a name, when things aren't going the way people think they should for a person in your position. In moments like that, they think like, you call yourself a Christian? Lazarus was named a name, and he had to walk through having this name through the ups and downs, the valleys, and the peaks of his life. This was Lazarus of Bethany, just a couple miles outside of Jerusalem, the religious center of the nation. The town of Mary and her sister Martha. Lazarus was loved by two sisters. In verse 2, the New King James Version says, and it was that Mary. By the time of John's writing, Mary was not just Mary anymore. She was that Mary. She had become that girl who had anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. But what's troubling here is that many scholars say this is the same Mary of Luke chapter 7. Let's go there. Luke chapter 7 and verse 37. And it says this of Mary. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. At this point, she's not yet that Mary. She's referred to based on her past. I ever have, you know, a label on your life? You may not be that anymore, but, 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 you know, everybody calls you by what you used to be. Well, in Luke, she was simply referred to as a sinner. But we're about to discover just one act of worship was about to change her destiny and change her from sinner to that girl. When she knew this worshiping woman, that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house. How many of you know that the Pharisees weren't warm and cuddly people? 
They didn't really have parties that she wanted to attend. But when she found out, though she was considered a sinner, when she found out that Jesus was in that Pharisee's house, she came anyway. And you may not like the people in the house. In fact, some people in this house may not even like you. But all that should matter is Jesus in the house. And if he's in the house, I'm going to be there. No matter what they say, no matter how I feel, where he is, I want to be also. And she came, not begrudgingly, not feeling sorry for herself. Talking about, I don't fit in, and, and I don't know if they're going to like me and accept me. That, none of that was on her mind. She was considered a sinner, and she knew it. She knew they didn't like him, but she walked in anyway. The Bible says she came in with a, a, a box of alabaster, which was really a flask of fragrant oil. Mary was different than most worshipers. Many times we go to God wanting something, looking for something, and that's not wrong. But Mary was unique in that when she came to worship God, she always brought something with her. And in this case, it was something very expensive. In this case, it was something quite moving. And in this case, it would become very controversial. Even the disciples themselves would say this was a waste this was excess. This should not happen. That's too much. But this woman was a worshiper. And if you want to worship in a way that changes your life, you got to bring these three elements. You got to bring something that's expensive, something that moves you, and sometimes it will be controversial. And the Bible says she stood at his feet behind him. It's important. She wasn't looking for anything, she just wanted to be a blessing to the individual that had set her free. She came up behind him weeping. Not just a few tears, but her shoulders were moving. He says it's a weep. It means it's guttural. But it's not worship. It's just a song until it becomes personal. Worship happens when it just happened a few moments ago. When, you, when you're no longer singing lyrics from a screen, but somehow you are now pouring out your heart to your God. Well, there she is weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears. You know, no matter how good you are, the roads we travel tend to leave a little bit of residue. But Mary resolved that as much as it depended on her, Jesus' needs, no matter how small they were, she'd make sure were always provided for. And if you're going to be a worshiper, you don't always have to sit at the head table at this, the head seat. You don't always have to have a, 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 a red uh, carpet rolled out when you come. If you're really a worshiper, you will go to the, his feet with the least part of his body, the dirtiest part of his, the most dishonored part of his body. But when she went to worship, she went to the least. She went to the despised. She, she, she went to the place that had no honor, and she served. This woman understood worship. And she wiped 
his feet with her long head of hair. How many of you know ladies can be particular about their hair? Especially getting it wet. But Mary here set aside her looking okay to make sure her Jesus looked okay. And when you're a true worshiper, it doesn't really matter what the people in the room think. As long as, as your focus is on making Christ look, it's not about you, it's about him. And this was her heart, this was her focus, and this is the thing that marked her life through the rest of her days. Then it says, it's a little more controversial, and she kissed his feet. You know, first tears, hair, and now kisses. But before we make this thing creepy, like some of the modern movie makers tried to, she did not kiss his face, but his feet. All she was trying to do was love him as selflessly as he had loved her. This was not some romance in the making. My wife has never kissed my feet. As long as we've been married, that just never happened. <laughs> it just popped into my head. This is not romance. This was worship. She loved him. And she wanted to love him back in the humblest way. She knew how. And she anointed them, his feet, with the fragrant oil. The Bible teaches us that this oil was worth a year's salary. That's why the disciples got said, that's too much money to waste on Jesus. Some people come to church with the same attitude. That's too much money. This woman not only worshipped extravagantly, she worked passionately. And this is what made her become that Mary. And in the kingdom, I want to become that guy. I know you want to become that girl. But in order to do it, we're going to have to worship passionately and extravagantly, forgetting ourselves, focusing on him, even if it takes us to the very least, even if we have to do the the most insignificant. It's that type of worship. Jesus memorialized in scripture and honored the most. John 11 and 2, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister Mary, the sisters Mary and Martha here sent them saying, Lord behold he whom you love is what? Sick. If the sisters were telling the truth, God's love doesn't necessarily shield us from every problem. God reserves the right to save us from some problems but to walk us through others. And in this situation, his choice was not to save Lazarus from, but to walk him through. When Jesus heard that, he heard the statement from the sisters. He said, this sickness is not unto what? 
death. He was saying this sickness would not lead to death, but through death. Do you hear me? The situation you're in is part of your journey on the way to where you need to go. He said, this thing is not unto, but I will walk instead you through. Psalms 23 and verse 4 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. When God walks you through instead of saving you from, it can be just a little bit scary. It it can be just a little bit unnerving. But I want you to hear the decision that, that the sweet psalmist of Israel made young David while he was dealing with danger and peril. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I make a choice. I will fear no evil. God could have chosen to have saved everyone on that fatal airplane ride. But instead, he decided to walk the survivors through it instead of saving us from it. And that choice is the pure prerogative of God. John 11 and 14, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but watch this, but for the glory of God. How many in this room would like the next level in your life? You want to go to the next level of glory in your life. Yeah, amen. Amen. You're quiet today, but amen. Well, here's something I know. The next level of glory often comes after the next level of pain. The greater the glory God wants to release in our lives, the more challenges and often the more problems God chooses to lead us through. He said that the Son of God, this language is tough on inch-deep theology, But let's learn from Scripture that the Son of God may be glorified through it. The word glory in the Hebrew is kabod, which literally means weight. And what Jesus wanted to do in Lazarus' life was shift his boxing class. He wanted him to move his weight up. Are you hearing me? In the ring. Because lightweight people face lightweight problems. But if you want to start stomping with the big dogs, you hear what I'm saying in life. If you want to run and and move with the heavyweights, you're going to have to sometime deal with heavyweight problems. And God in his wisdom won't protect you from it. He'll keep you through it. That's his course. That's what he does. He's our God. Now, Jesus loves, say it again, in case you misconstrue. Jesus loved Martha and her sister, Lazarus. And she's thinking, well, well, God, if you love me so much, why did this happen? Maybe God's love is not just always protecting you from 
but his patience in walking you through the valley of the shadow of death. There were some choices I didn't like. God, I wanted you to save me from, but he said, no, son, I've called you to walk through that. And sometimes I'd, cry, I'd be upset, God, why, God, why? I said, no, even my son Jesus, I could not and I would not deliver him from the cross. But I delivered him through it. And if you're going to be like Christ, sometimes you got to go through to get to the place God's called you to. Verse 6. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. This will make you scratch your head. It said Jesus loved them. But when they needed him the most, he seemed to stay the furthest away. Sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense. But it's because we don't know the end of the thing. and We're just in the middle of the thing. In the end, it will speak and not lies, the Bible says. You know, when I look back, all of a sudden, stuff he brought me through makes sense. But while I was in it, I didn't get it. All I could do was trust. You know, in verse 15, he actually explains the answer to this, this, this conundrum that they were, they were in. But let's start in verse 14. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Real faith is not denying the facts. Real faith is trusting God in spite of the facts. That's genuine faith in God. Verse 15 is difficult. That's why I said, you know, nickel theology will not work here. Jesus looked at him and said, I'm glad. What? Someone just died. People are crying. People are hurt. And you're going to be insensitive enough to stand up talking about you're glad. But Jesus finished the sentence. He's like nobody else in the history of the world. He said, and I'm glad for your sake, meaning everything he did was in consideration of them. I'm glad for, for your sake that I was not there. And then he explained that you may what? Believe. The reason he delayed was for their faith to deepen. And God's delays are opportunities for our faith to deepen and to strengthen. If God is always Johnny on the spot, we would become spoiled children. Perseverance will never grow. We will never become godly. We will never become like Christ. We can't grow up if God always shoves the lollipop in our mouth. We'll never grow up if he's always giving us Tootsie Rolls and, and Skittles. But God in his wisdom fixes some things like that, but other things he takes you through. Not because he's weak, but often because we need it. I like this next word. Nevertheless, let us go to him. 
You see, the problem was Jesus had already showed the whole nation that God loved them and wanted to heal their sickness, diseases, free them of the demons. But Jesus was ready to dig a little bit deeper. And he wanted to expand their hearts to to embrace even a deeper truth. That Jesus didn't want to just deal with insipid death and, and, and healing and demons, though that's important. Ultimately, he came to destroy death itself. And he wanted to enlarge their vision of his capacity to help and fix things broken. But in order for him to do it, he had to take them through it. David did not just fight Goliath. That's not what happened. He was first successful with his lion and his bear. And then he kind of built up. He said, you know, as God has come upon me and helped me defeat the lion and the bear, so will you be, Mr. Goliath. In healing from sickness and the casting out of demons, all of that is is, 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 is kind of, uh, I don't want to say a shadowing, but it's just a, a small glimpse of the ultimate power. So he does those small things so we can see the bigger things. And all this is transpiring. He said, though, okay, good. We have a situation bad enough for me to show that I'm God enough. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. God is not dead. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.